Hello and welcome to the pod. Today I'm going to start the episode with a affirmation, just because I feel like it, why not? So repeat after me. <clears throat> I am who I am and that is enough. I am who I am and that is enough. I am who I am and that is enough. That's not mine. I got that from someone else, but it just popped into my head and I felt like that was the time to share it with you. So today I'm going to be talking about just like a bit of my story and a bit of my, I guess, upbringing that then led into having like my son while I was a teenager and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure how much we'll get through today. I'll talk more about it in throughout different episodes and everything, but it just feels like time to talk about that. It's strange because it's always been just a part of who I am. Like my life is never anything that I shy away from, but because I moved um, so quickly through things, once I've come to terms with something or once I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, this is just a part of who I am and comes along with me on my journey, I don't remember to talk about it maybe as much as I should, because I forget that, you know, what we all go through could then, you know, help someone else or inspire someone else. <clears throat> also, sorry that I keep clearing my throat. This is a new thing for me. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's like a throat chakra thing, but I keep like, I'm so hydrated. I drink so much water this week. I'm not going to say that I'm hydrated all the time because other times I'll just completely forget that I'm a human who needs water. But this week, there is no reason that my throat should be going through what it's going through and keeping on needing to clear it and everything. Um, anyway, so my life, where to begin? It's fucking huge. It's been a huge life. God, I am one of four. So I've got um, three siblings. I'm the youngest. My sister is seven years older than me. My brother, Aaron, he is nine years older than me. And then my brother Daniel is two years older than me. So, and the whole family has ADHD, <laughs> even my son Noah. So it's very hereditary ADHD. If you don't know much about it, it's basically as um, genetically possible as like a hair color. And yeah, so if like, if you've been diagnosed, reflect on the rest of your family and kind of be like, hmm, does anyone else have it? And it suddenly becomes quite obvious, like if they do or don't. And anyway, so my brother Aaron has ASD and Daniel is deaf. And then Michelle, she has ADHD as well and like OCD and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, there was like a lot for mum to be juggling when we were younger. And my mum is honestly like a saint. She's my hero. I love her so much. There was a point in life where... And like, sorry, dad, if you listen to this, I'm not sure if you're listening to the podcast and I'm not saying any of this in like a mean way. It's just is what it is. Um, but there was a point in my life. So mom and dad broke up when I was about 12. And by the point, by the time they actually finally broke up and like started living in separate places, we'd already been, you know, they, mom was in my bedroom and I used to sleep on the floor of my room and then they got a fold out couch and I moved out to the lounge room and I lived on the fold out couch. Mom took my room, which is totally fine. She couldn't stay in dad's room anymore because they were just done with each other. 
And there was a lot of animosity, a lot of that vibe, you know, when like if you're a child of divorce, like you remember that period of time, if you were old enough to remember that period of time where it's just um, so much thick, dense, heavy energy in the air and you're just like, oh, like, and it just becomes your reality for a while. Um, So anyway, that was our reality. And I remember on my 12th birthday, I woke up to a film camera sort of being thrown (laughs) at me. I don't know what, who threw it. I still don't know. I just remember waking up being like, oh, like, what was that? And I looked down and I was like, oh, it was a wrapped present. And I unwrapped it. But while I was unwrapping it, what was happening was mum and dad were in this massive fight. I just remember they were all like walking quickly past me. And then my sister was at the door and they were both like going to the door and there was police at the door. And I'm there like, well, like this is all happening, like right there in front of me. I'm like, what's going on? I still don't know. I asked my mom, I was like, hey, what happened that day? And she was like, oh, sweetie, like you're better off like coming around and we'll talk about it. So I, I need to do that still. Um, mom lives in Brisbane. I'm on the Goldie. So I've got to carve out time to do that because that's important to do. But anyway, I'm there just like unwrapping my present and it's a film camera. And I was like, oh, cool. And there was like, there's police at the door and I just turned 12 and I was like, what's happening? And then we had to pack our bags and we all just got in the car and drove and we went to my friends my friend from primary school her mum was this like super nice lady and they had a house out in Debra and it was huge and plenty of room for us and she was like come stay like it's all good like just use it as a resting point figure out what you're doing so we all just got in the car went to Debra and then um figured it out from there and I just remember mum having to sort of like split all of us kids up between different family members who, cause there was four of us. Uh, so my sister went to my aunt's house. My brothers went to nanny and poppies and I stayed with mum. At the time, I'm pretty sure I stayed with mum just cause I was like, I was just such an independent kid and I was an easy kid. I was a very difficult teenager, but an, a really easy kid. I was the youngest and I saw how much was going on all the time for everyone else. And I was like, I'll just take care of myself. Like, and my sister did a lot to help um, raise me as well. So she, she's an angel. Thank you, Michelle. Um, But yeah, I was very much like daddy's little girl. And, and when I was a lot younger, I used to just spend most of my time with dad because I felt like mom was really busy with my siblings and fair enough. Like she had a fucking bit on her plate. Um, and, but that like, but what was happening was like, dad, I, I've realized now as an adult, he wasn't super capable of having like really deep relationships. Like I know that he loves me and I know that he gave me what he could with love and everything. But, um, upon reflection, I do wish I had like a deeper relationship with my dad now that I'm an adult and I like value depth and all of that sort of stuff. So Um, anyway, back to what I was saying. So we we're all like mum and I were living in this car. The whole family is kind of scattered all all around the place between Brisbane and the Gold Coast and everything. And it was the last year of primary school. And I lived in the car with mum for almost a year. So we would just, I remember like driving, we would be driving so much. And I had like my pillow and my blanket in the back. And I remember, um, we would stop in at different families or friends' houses and just sort of crash at their place for the night and then wake up and go wherever else because mum would have to go to work and I would go to school and I did miss like a bunch of school. 
And then um, mum finally got a housing commission place because she didn't, she couldn't afford to just, you know, go rent a place somewhere. So we had to go on a list and got a housing commission place. So we all moved into that place together. And while this was happening, like I obviously didn't know this at the time, I found out later in life, but my, um, my dad wasn't, as far as I know, my dad wasn't making the repayments on the house and then mum and dad were going like, you know, doing the whole going to court, doing the divorce proceedings and whatever. And dad just like wasn't showing up, but he wasn't making payments. And he kept blaming mum to me. Like whenever I was with dad, he would be like, oh, it's all your mum's fault, blah, blah, blah. And he was mad. He was hurt. His life had obviously like completely changed. And his response to the situation is like obviously wasn't a great one. It was what he chose to do. And it's led us all to where we are now and I wouldn't go back and change anything, but at the time it was quite difficult. So, um, yeah, dad, like the house got taken off us, like the family home. We didn't have it anymore and we didn't get anything for it because the bank had to take it and, you know, use that to pay off the loan or whatever. And then dad had to move into housing commission as well. So next thing you know, like, um, (laughs) where dad had, we, you know, had to move out of that place. I, started to live back at home with dad because mum had had to move a bit further away from school and away from my friends. And I wanted to be closer to my friends. And dad used to say stuff like, you know, yeah, like you can just, you can always have your friends over and like, you'll be really close to your friends. Like come. And he was lonely. Like, uh, anyway, I moved back home with dad because I was like, that's where I want to be. And then when I was at home with him, um, I just remember like I would sit there in his room while he was on the toilet and he would just sort of tell me all this stuff, like dump all of his feelings on me and talk about like all the stuff that mum had done. And he definitely, I feel like he's fibbed about some stuff because he said some things that, um, said stuff about mum to, to frame her as a horrible person to me in my eyes. And now, now that I like know more about the situation, a, a lot of the stuff he said wasn't true. And, uh, he was just hurt, but giving all of that information to your, you know, 12, 13, not 12, but like more like 13 at this time, your old daughter isn't great because obviously I was like just so trusting of my parents and what they would say and didn't have a lot of discernment of my own to be like, oh, that doesn't feel right. So I was like, oh, wow, mum's the reason that we, our whole lives have been uprooted, that we have nothing. Like I thought that we didn't have a house anymore because of mum. I thought that like, dad was so angry and hurt and everything because of all these things that mum had done. And he just was kind of deflecting responsibility completely onto her. And I, I started to really dis, I just didn't like my mum anymore. I was like, Whoa, she's horrible. She's not by the way, mum, if you hear this fucking love you so much. Um, but yeah, I was like, she's, she's, wow. She's like really just ruined everything. I got so mad at her and I took on my dad's feelings. Like he passed his feelings about the whole situation onto me and I took them as if they were my own, because that's what, that's just all I need to do. And then I stopped talking to my mom. I stopped going over there to see her. I was also in like going through, you know, puberty, just got like the beginning of my teenage years going into high school, like there's boys, there's, you know, like all these different friend groups and different dynamics and just sort of navigating the social terrain and like just learning how to be a human while my body's like rocketing through all these different hormones and changes and everything. And my, my whole world had recently changed and 
I was taking on the emotions of a grown man going through a divorce. <laughs> like that's not not for a small person to go through. So anyway, I rebelled heavily. Also, I think this rebellion kind of also came from, you know, I was I was born in the generation of where our parents were sort of more traditional in the sense of just parenting how their parents parented. And I know that everyone, you know, my mom doesn't quite, didn't quite parent me the way that her mom parented her. Like we all learn and grow and develop and change our parenting style based on what we want for our kids. But there's also such a level of like unconscious parenting that happens um, unless you like really work on consciously parenting. So there was, and also like I was one of four and I have like you know, differently abled siblings and everything who needed a lot more attention than I did and a lot more energy than I did. So I get it that when I, if, you know, if I was being disciplined or was told, no, you can't have that. No, you can't do that. No, you shouldn't X, Y, Z. If I was like, why? And I got the answer because I said so to me, I was like, that's, that makes no sense. What do you mean? Because you said so, <laughs> what do you mean? And I, I just didn't respect when an adult was telling me no about something because I was like, well, you can't back it up with like a reason. You can't give me a reason why you're doing that. So you must just be being mean or you must just not get it. Like I just thought that all of these adults in the world were complete buffoons who didn't understand anything because they couldn't tell me their reasoning why they were trying to guide my life in whatever way. And anyway, so I think a mix of not respecting adults And then also going through all the stuff that I was going through. And then also I have ADHD. So that means that when I was in class and at school and everything, I was wiggly. I was chatty. I was just constantly behind. I did not know what to do when it came to homework. Like I never knew what the fuck was going on. I literally zoned out all the time because the way the person was teaching was so disengaging and I was so bored and I would just zone out. And then I would be like, I don't know where we're at. I don't know what's happening. And if I told the teacher I didn't know what was going on or where I was at, they kind of scolded me and made me feel like I was in the wrong because I wasn't listening and that I should just listen better. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, I can't listen better. And I didn't know what was wrong with me at the time. So I was like, fuck, everyone else is normal and everyone else is doing well. And I am failing. And the teachers are talking to me like I'm the biggest waste of space. They're talking to me like I am here to ruin their lives. And they're just making me feel so stupid and when you're younger, like you don't really have the skills yet. Or I mean, I wasn't raised with the skills to be able to go like, oh, this person's making me feel stupid. Maybe that's not them making me feel stupid. Maybe I'm just feeling stupid as a result of a situation that's happening. And how can I make myself remember that I'm not stupid and blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't have those skills yet. Uh, So yeah, I just a combination of all those things really put me in a place where I was like, fuck this. Like the adults don't know what's going on. Obviously they are treating me like a piece of shit. My whole like family life and everything's just rocketing all over the place. And I, I was like, there's nothing, there's no stability. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason or rhythm or nothing makes sense, you know? And I just decided to do whatever the fuck I wanted. And my dad sort of he really just wanted me to stay with him. He didn't want to be lonely. So he was very much like, yeah, do whatever you want. And, and then I started like doing crazy stuff and he was like chasing me around town. Cause I would be gone at a party, like 
until God knows what hour and then, you know, trying to hide from my dad. And there were times when we were like, it was pissing down with rain and we were like hopping fences and landing in people's rose bushes and just completely me and my friends like drunk off our tits, just like in some random suburb in Caboolture, like running away from my dad who was looking for us to just try and take us home because someone else had accidentally ratted us all out to someone's mom. And then anyway, like it was just like, he was doing his best. I know. And I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the times that he came and picked us up because, you know, what we were doing wasn't safe or whatever. Um, but there was also just a, like a lot of a lack of discipline and a lack of boundaries and a lack of um, education on why I shouldn't be doing the things and stuff like that. So he was just like, okay, instead of going out and doing all this partying everywhere, just do it at home. Like we'll have parties. And then our house got so trashed because every single weekend it became the place to go like literally my place became the place that people would just start rocking up to on like a Friday or a Saturday night or we would all go back to after a party somewhere else or whatever and there were people there that I didn't even know and my dad like if it got too rowdy he would have to come out and then like you know they would leave and but it was fucked like stuff got stolen um there was just like no respect and like I didn't even respect the place myself after a while but I remember at first being like oh this feels like I remember having feelings like this feels like it's getting a bit out of hand or like this feels like should should this be what's happening like you know I had like little inklings of of feelings about it all but anyway um yeah I was just running around like doing drugs getting chased by the cops like we went we would go to the PCYC and we would hang out in the skate bowl and just like I don't know, be loud, listen to music, do whatever, smoke weed. And then someone would call the cops and the cops would come and they would chase us. And again, just like hopping people's fences, hiding behind their cars and their carports, like just doing whatever I could to get away. And on the few, like not, I was going to say a few, but there was more than a few occasions that I was caught. I would, you know, go to the lockup and then dad would come pick me up. And then it got to the point where he was like, fuck this. Like you can just stay there and learn your lesson. And I, I didn't learn though, because all I was learning was that I just felt so, so alone and so um, discarded, discarded by society in general. <sighs> Hang on. Sorry. I'm just feeling stuff. <sighs> anyway, um, so... Dad was, I found out later in life that Poppy, my granddad, used to send the police around to a welfare check because he would call and be like, hey, you need to like do better with parenting Esther or like get her to talk to her mom again. And dad wouldn't talk, wouldn't tell me I should talk to my mom. He kept telling me that mom was like, you know, the reason that we're all in this position and didn't really let them and I know that he would say like, no, I never stopped them from seeing you and talking to you, but he made it so that I didn't want to see them and talk to them. Do you know what I mean? Um, and they, they knew that I needed parenting. I knew I needed parenting, but dad kind of stopped them from parenting me, stopped my mom from parenting me, but wouldn't parent me as much as he should have himself because, you know, he was out doing all kinds of things. He was like going on trips to Sydney to visit chicks he'd met on the internet and I know that he was just trying to find happiness and love and everything. So again, dad, if you're listening to this, like I, I've, I'm moving past how I feel about all the things. And I know that you're just a person doing your best in the world as well. And it's hard raising 
people and not fucking them up. Like, I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, what was I going, where was I going? I forgot. Yeah, this, I, I went and had hypnosis because there's like all this stuff I wanted to bring up to remember about my life and everything to work through. And one of the things, because I, I struggle to sleep, like not even just because of my ADHD, but like I genuinely avoid going to bed. Like I get, I get scared to go to sleep. I didn't realize it was a fear because my logical brain was like, that's, why would you be scared? You're an adult woman who I'm not afraid of the dark. I love my alone time. Like I, yeah, but I was, I was avoiding, like my body was avoiding going to sleep. And then it turned out through this hypnosis uncovering situation that this memory came up of one time my dad went to Sydney for like a week or two and I was home alone maybe my brother Aaron was there, but like I was his carer kind of thing or Aaron was with someone else. I can't remember at this point, but he'd said like, cause I had this friend down the road. She was one of my best friends and her family loved me. And he said to them like, Hey, I'm just leaving Esther. And I was 13 at this point, 13, maybe 14. And he was like, I'm going to Sydney for a bit. Like, can she pop around for dinner sometimes? Or can she just like come in if she wants to hang out um, or just lean on you guys if you need help, if she needs help. And they were like, yeah, all good. And they were so lovely, but I was at, like at home. I didn't want to be a burden and be there the entire time. So anyway, I'm like spending all like these nights there by myself and I was having friends over and boys over and just being a teenager. And then the, I was out during the day one time and I, word must have got, like we lived in a shitty neighborhood, but word must have gotten around that my dad was away. And the house got broken into when I wasn't home and I came back and saw the back door had been broken into and I had to do the whole, like, the police came around, did the fingerprint dusting, had to record all the items that were stolen, like, all that stuff and send that information to my dad. And I'm, like, navigating this by myself and then could not sleep for the rest of the time because I was like, what if someone comes back? Like, the back door is not secure anymore and I've just put, like, a little piece of wood in it or whatever to keep it shut because it was, like, a sliding door. Um, but I was scared. I was fucking so scared. Like someone infiltrated the place that was supposed to be safe and I just didn't feel safe anymore. My dad was gone. And like that, when you look like, if I just say it like that, it's like, oh, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone, was it? No, but it's just one of those things that like now as an adult, I have to work through that to be able to go to sleep properly. <laughs> How like crazy is that? And little things like that, that kind of just make me wish that I had more, um, less independence. I had too much freedom. Sorry, not less independence. I love my independence, but it was too much freedom, too much, like not enough guidance, not enough actively. Like he didn't help me with my homework at all. Didn't even ask me to do it or about it or anything. And it was on his computer a lot. Didn't really pay much attention. Didn't like, didn't like try to help guide me into any kind of good direction. He was more just like putting out fires and then going off and doing whatever he needed to do. And I can't even imagine emotionally going through what he was going through at the time and also trying to parent a teenager. But like, you know, instead of keeping me all to himself and stopping me from wanting to be parented by my mom and the other members of the family, like I wish that his ego didn't kind of get in the way there and he didn't like convince me to not want to be around my mom and stuff like that. Cause I know that mom would have been more strict. I know that she would have, um, like, I remember how she was raising me up until I was like 12, 13. I remember she was a great mom and 
anyway, I, I eventually, so I didn't talk to my mom for years. And when she came back into my life was when I was pregnant with Noah, I found I was pregnant. And previously I'd had an abortion, um, to, so to Noah's dad, like same, same guy, obviously the universe really wanted me to have Noah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I met Ben when I was 16. So that's Noah's dad. And by this point I was expelled from high school and moved out of home. Um, wait, I'll backtrack a little bit. Actually, I was expelled from high school, went for an interview at another high school nearby. And they were like, no, your record is fucked. You no. And they said no. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And dad was like, okay, well, I guess you got to get a full-time job. And I was like, okay. And then, so I'm like 16 and I'm going around, like trying to get job interviews and everything, catching train places, catching buses. And I went into the city and I walked into this um, place because I saw some, some thing in the newspaper, uh, to be a, a telemarketer. And so I got a job and I was just on a a very low retainer, but mostly commission-based sales. And this guy came in and sat next to me. He was new and he was like, hey, I'm Ben, blah, blah, blah. And he was like really lovely and charming. And um, he was a bit older than me and had just come from like some other town. I can't remember what he'd said, but he didn't have anywhere to live. And I was like, oh, well, we live in an old ex-orphanage. It's our housing commission home. There's like fucking... 14 bedrooms. Do you want one? (laughs) I'll ask my dad. It should be fine. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I mean, cool. Like, yeah, I'll come around and like meet your dad and blah, blah, blah. And so Noah's dad just moved into one of the spare rooms and he was just like a housemate there for a bit. And like one of my other guy friends had done that as well and moved in with us. He was so lovely. His name was Josh. He was a really beautiful soul. And yeah, it was like, I did appreciate my dad saying yes to those things. I don't know. Like it was just random, like random, such a random time of life. (laughs) Um, but anyway, Oh my God, that orphanage, by the way, was fucking haunted. It was the most haunted place I have ever lived in my entire life. Like, holy fuck. It was in Toomball and it was this massive old place. And it had like a tunnel that went from one of the hallways into the courtyard outside. And it had this like little looked like a manhole but it was in the wall and low low to the ground and a couple of my guy friends because like the parties and gatherings continued at that place when we moved out of our family home when the bank sold it anyway so one of the couple of people had gone through that I was like literally I would never there's no fucking way you would ever get me crawling through a house like when I was a kid dad used to get me to go up in the roof to do things because he was a builder and that even then like I was in a roof with like a fucking torch and now I'm all just no way I could never but kids you know you're so fearless <laughs> but anyways this place was haunted as fuck and the doors and windows and everything would move things would making so much sound even if like a doors were slamming with no windows open like no wind in the house that kind of thing the the feeling in there was visceral it was like I could almost hear every single bad vibe that was in that place just telling me to get the fuck out and it got to the point where I would stand outside waiting for my dad to come home from work because I just couldn't even be there even during the day like I couldn't even be inside the place by myself because it was that terrifying so anyway Ben had moved in um I enjoyed having the presence of someone else there a bit more um and we started dating 
And then he was like, hey, I'm going to move out into a unit. And I was still like 16 at this point. So I couldn't go on the lease. But he was like, do you want to come move out with me? And I was like, fuck yeah. So I moved out of home at 16, (laughs) had a full time job and then fell pregnant pretty quickly because I was a kid and didn't, you know, have, I don't know. I don't fucking know what happened now. I can't remember properly, but fell pregnant. I was like, oh my God, I'm too young. Had an abortion. And then like a year later, fell pregnant again when I was early, early into being 17. And then, um, I had Noah when I was a month before turning 18. By that point, I started working at this other telemarketing place. It was completely commission only. So I had to learn to like really just sort of figure out how to sell and how to talk to people. And, um, I had to get, you know, like an ABN. And there was this like pub next to the place that we worked at that everyone would go to like after work almost every day, big drinking culture, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I would, am I allowed to say this like publicly, but I would sneak, I don't know, like, I'm sure I won't get in trouble for this. I have this fear of getting in trouble randomly, probably because I was always being chased by the cops, but I'm always like, oh my God, if I say something, is someone going to like make me be persecuted for this? (laughs) So random. Anyway, um, yeah, we'd sneak into this pub and hang out there all the time after work. No one stopped me. No one carded me. I was tall and hanging out with grown men and adults and whoever. So anyway, that was life at the time. And then, yeah, found out I was pregnant with Noah, stopped smoking, stopped drinking. Um, And I called my mum and I was like, hadn't talked to her in like years and I was like hey mom it's me and she was like oh my god and I thought she was gonna be mad at me because like the way that dad had framed it all was like that mom was the worst and that she you know was this horrible person and she's not she was so happy to hear from me she was so warm so loving so happy to hear from me and I was like hey I'm pregnant. And she was like, okay, (laughs) what, what do you want to do? Like, what, how do you feel about this? And I was like, well, I've already had an abortion, so I don't know what to do. And I feel like I should keep this one. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'll help you. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) And I just knew, I was like, she's, she's going to help me. Oh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. It was so much to go through. It was like a lot, you know. Like I know there's heaps of teen mums out there, but like you just get on with it. Like you find out you're pregnant. If you decide you're keeping it, you 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 have to grow up quickly and you you just have to figure it all out as you go. And um, I think it just kind of puts your brain into this place of um, hyper-independence, hyper uh I was just had to survive, you know, and just move forward. And so I don't think I ever really stopped to like process what all of that was like at the time. I just took it in my stride and kept on keeping on. (laughs) So yeah, it's interesting to talk about this now. And like, I talk about this with friends in snippets about things like I've never, I don't just keep my story in. I'm very open, but yeah, I guess sitting here recording this, talking about it is a different kind of vibe because I'm just speaking and I'm not 
in a two-way riff with someone and yeah it kind of I guess it's just got more room for feelings to come up with what I'm saying but anyway I just wanted to speak from the heart so this is good so where are we my mom was really accepting and she was really beautiful and um she she just came back into my life as if she was never gone and with open arms and started to guide me a lot more um but you know by that point I'd moved out and I was still a kid but I was having like a adult life like I had my own rental with Ben and I I wasn't living at home with my mom all the time so I never like I feel like I didn't get that parenting from her past the age of 12 so there is a big part of me that like I've moved through this but there was such a big part of me that had this resentment towards my dad for not not parenting me and keeping me away from the person who would parent me I'm not saying that he didn't parent me at all he did but just in the way that would have made my life easier as an adult and as a young person and everything I would have learned a lot of crucial things from my mom that I didn't get to learn but now I realize that I was like my soul was put into this family into this life like for a reason all of this stuff was destined to happen and yes I have free will and I've I've got the ability to choose what I do to learn you know everything I needed to learn and I think I so far made pretty good choices considering the circumstances that I was in and there was a lot there's a lot more that happened like I'm for reasons of I don't know like I guess I'll touch on other things that happened and everything in a different episode maybe and and some things I won't really just to keep you know Noah safe from entirely throwing him in the public eye and stuff like that (laughs) but yeah there's a lot that's happened in my life up until this point and everything and so I am really grateful for everything because because now when I look at who I am I'm like oh my god like I love who I am I love my brain I love like the value that I bring to the world and I I'm so proud of myself so proud and yeah so anyway I had this like resentment for my dad and just really wanted to have had a similar chance at an upbringing that other people in like my socioeconomical demographic or whatever had had because <laughs> that's all like you know where you are in the world is your reality right and so you look around and for me I was looking around at all these people who had like educations and um just more of a stable start to life who had been taught to regulate their emotions and were told that you know they're so smart and amazing and got put into uni and all that stuff like Like I used to even just be jealous of my sister because she's seven years older than me. So she had a totally different upbringing. She had like mom and dad both at home. She had like piano lessons and a Steadfords and a whole desk put in her room because she was going through high school and needed to study. And she went into university and she had this like completely different upbringing to me. And she was like spiritual from the outset, like, 
we were raised Christian and everything and I broke away from that stuff when as soon as the family split up because I was like, it's always been so weird to me. And I still, like, religion's not really my jam. I don't like it. But I, I ran away from all of it. I ran away from religion and spirituality and just turned my back on the whole thing because it just felt so fucking weird and whack and I didn't get it. And I was like, I think the Bible's just full of shit. I'm not saying that I think that now. I think there's some stories in there, but I do think that a lot of it was just written by people with their own agendas, you know, blank. Anyway, I think a lot of the things that happened in the Bible were taken out of context. Anyway, so I've forgotten where I am. Oh, where was I? Literally not a clue. I just sidetracked myself thinking about the Bible and now I have no idea what I was talking about. This is an ADHD thing that happens. It's called not having a working memory. (laughs) Not as in my memory doesn't work, but a working memory is when you can like follow a train of thought, take a sidetrack, you know, someone could interrupt you, ask you a question, and then you can like get back onto the journey exactly where you were, bring it back around and make the point land and just like remember where you were at in all of those parts. And ADHD people really struggle with that. I'm on meds um, and it does really help with that so much, which is incredible, but it's not, it's not like a perfect fix. So I just had one of those moments where I went off track and it's just fallen out of my head. <laughs> but Anyway, I, I started spending a lot more time with my mom and as an like adult now going through all this stuff that I've been going through and doing like inner child work and everything, I had these like massive release cries where like when my nan was dying, she was in hospital and she, it was, I was grieving so much before she even passed away. Like I was doing the gut wrench crying in the car, driving to see her. And um, in those times I was also like going through like the most busy period of work that I've ever been in in my life. And my business was both thriving and killing me. And there was just so much happening all at once. And I remember just feeling like so mad at my dad. I was so mad. I just wanted an upbringing like everyone else around me. I just wanted to be where everyone around me was at. Like everyone was buying homes already and, you know, like able to travel, able to do all this stuff because they had some kind of like regular fucking normalcy from a young age and could like learn to save, learn to how to like, I don't know, get an education. I didn't even know how to learn properly. I had to teach myself how to learn because I obviously couldn't learn the way that the school was teaching. And yeah, I remember like when I was going through those times, like going to see Nanny before she passed and I was crying and just being like, life is so fucking hard. Why has my life been so hard for so long? It's been a struggle for the longest time. I started working at 14 and I have not stopped. Like I haven't stopped. I have had like one, no, two overseas holidays and a couple of like little holidays here and there, but I've been parenting and working for the most of my life now. And I was exhausted and I was like, I just can't catch up. I can't keep up every year that I I finally get myself to a point where I can make a little bit more money. Everything gets a bit more expensive. And I feel like I'm running after trying to buy a home and I get close to it. And then it's like, psych, bye. And then I can't afford it. And then I'm like, how often do I need to keep being in this same year on repeat where I go, 
and work as hard as I can and think, okay, this is the year I'm going to buy a house. This is the year it's going to change. This is the year. And I do everything I can. And then something changes or something happens to like throw it all off course or everything gets so much more expensive. And it's suddenly so far out of reach that I need to up level my entire career to then earn enough money to then be able to save that amount of money to whatever. And then by that point, everything's more expensive. You know what I mean? It just keeps going. And I realized that it, it just kept going around in a cycle like that because that's that I was supposed to learn a lesson within that, which I have. And it was about abundance and having abundance with what I currently had and recognizing that where I was was good and to live in the moment and to trust the universe and to stop trying to control the outcome so much. And anyway, I learned so many lessons. So I, I don't think I'm in that cycle anymore, but we'll find out <laughs> because I only learned that like this year. <laughs> but since I've, since I kind of cracked that code, everything's been changing rapidly, which is incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really, I'm so, it was, it was crazy. Cause like I, I, when I was younger, when I was going through all that, when I was in that place, in that time of being like, oh, I'm pregnant now. I'm going to have a kid and da, da, da. Like I was like, I'm going to raise Noah differently to how I was raised. I don't want him to go through what I went through. And I'm going to do my absolute best to make sure that he has the best chance at life. And he has been my sole reason to just keep trying and keep pushing this whole time, which is incredible. I'm really so grateful for that. And, um, yeah, I, I, the person that I've become as a result of all of these things is, I'm pretty, like, I won't lie, I think I'm pretty phenomenal as a human being. I don't have, like, the nicest car or my own home. I don't have all the material things that a lot of people have. But, and, like, sure, the security that comes from that would be so nice. I want the security. But um, what I do have is so much self-awareness. And I want that for everyone. I think to have self-awareness is to unlock a part of yourself that can grow into this incredible being. And I have a huge heart. I'm crying again. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, I've got this, like, ability to... Like everyone always says that everything I touch turns to gold. And I like, that's so true. I can, I can make people feel incredible and I know how to make myself feel incredible. And I know how to live a fulfilled life and follow my dreams and passions. And I think I would be really bored if I had more of a um, typical a to B sort of situation. It just, that doesn't sit with me. It doesn't suit who I am as a person. I like to try different things and do different things and all of that. So I have the confidence to go after what I like because of everything that I've had to go through. And that means that, you know, I'm in my early thirties and I've done more than the average person and I'm going to do so much more yet. Like this is just the beginning. Um, so anyway, that is enough for today. That's just one little tiny portion of my story. Sorry for crying in your ears. God, <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll go into the next part in a different episode about Noah and what that was like to raise a kid while being a kid. Um, 
if there's anything else, like any anything that you want to say or ask about, there's should be a section on the podcast where you can send in a voice note. So do that if you want. I really want listeners to be a part of it. It would make me so happy. And if you liked the episode and you think it would resonate with someone that you know, pretty please share it. Even just to one person would make my life amazing. Thank you. And if you want to know more about me, you can go on my website. It's estersuniverse.com. On TikTok, I am Salty Film, or you can probably just Google Esther Boyd. And, oh, I'm also doing intuitive marketing, So, and that's for intuitive healers. So it's just a Zoom consultation, but basically I can channel and I can use my business and marketing experience to help your intuitive healing business. And it doesn't even have to just be marketing. It can be kind of like you, if you're just stuck and you're like, oh, I just want it to be more me or it's not working. Like, what is it? What's the block? I can help you get to the point where you're like doing exactly what you actually want to be doing. So hit me up if that sounds like you want to do that and we can just do it over Zoom. I think that's it. Okay. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye.